Welcome to the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by Pizza Hut. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, here are your hosts, Jesse Merrick and Eddie Pascal. Well, we have taken the show on the road, the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, coming at you guys from a conference room here at the Four Seasons in, what city are we in, Jesse Mayer? This is the Thousand Oaks, I believe, still. There's like four different cities. I'm from the area, I should know this, so this is bad, but there's like four cities all piled within one, but I believe we're still in Thousand Oaks here, either that or Gore Hills. Wherever it is, it's very nice. Yeah. I'm very comfortable here. Uh, unfortunately, we're not staying at the Four Seasons, but the good people here and our and our esteemed uh, production staff, shout out to our guy Sam, have set us up in a nice little makeshift studio. We're having a good time, and... We ended up here today, Jesse, after our second joint practice with the Los Angeles Rams. We ended up back at the hotel a little bit earlier than anticipated. We did not go through the full practice session because, well, frankly, there was a little uh, a little excitement over the past 36 hours. That's one way to put it. You yeah. know, ended practice a period early. It was already going to be a shorter one. And then, you know, the, the feistiness came back, you know, a couple little fights and things like that exploded into a much larger one. The intensity was definitely there. The last two days here against the Rams. But at the end of the day, like, look, a lot of people are going to make a big deal out of the fight and everything. And it ended and you're going to see all that stuff all over ESPN, all the national media and everything like that. But like at the end of the day, like it's it's not a bad thing. No one got hurt, you know, and it shows the intensity. They were getting good work in. It shows the guys have each other's backs. Josh Jacobs said afterwards, you know, on Twitter, he was like, I love this team. He talked about it today. Just the simple fact that like this team's not about that type of stuff. We're going to have each other's backs. We're going to be there for them. And that definitely was the case in these two little skirmishes, We, I guess we could call them. And I guess going back to yesterday, right? So today is Thursday. So if we go back to yesterday's practice, it felt like we came in spirited, right? I think yeah. that's a fair way to say. Both teams came in excited. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, right? The Rams are just like us. The Rams have not seen anyone in the past three weeks. <laughs> they want to see a different jersey, right? Uh, same with the Raiders. They came off the bus ready to work. And really... It started early and often yesterday. I think the first the first little brouhaha I remember is Jalen Ramsey goes high mm-hmm. on Josh Jacobs. End of a run. I don't want to call it a cheap shot, but we were bordering on inappropriate shot. Yeah. Takes his helmet off. Foster Moreau runs, you know, first guy on the scene, and he let Jalen know, we are not doing that over these next 48 hours. He did, and Josh addressed that today, actually, and he said he was like, you know, normally Josh said he doesn't have his chin strap and everything completely buckled all the way for practices, and he said he loved the fact that this was physical, that he had to do that here against the Rams, and he said that was on him. He didn't have his helmet completely buckled and everything because that caught my eye, too. I was like, dang, like, he knocked his helmet off. But Josh was like, said he went over, and he was like, yeah, hey, you're good. You're not a dirty player. I know you didn't, you know, do that. It was The helmet wasn't strapped. But that was the first one that got us going. Yeah. And you and I were talking before. We were like, hey, is there going to be a fight here? What's you know you know how these things go. So you'd have made yourself some money yesterday, my friend. Yeah, I said right away. I knew it was going to happen. Just it was just a matter of when, not if. And so I took the opposite approach where I was like, look, yes, there's going to be a fight, but I thought it was going to be today. I thought we were going to get through yesterday. We were going to yeah. have a lot of talking, a lot of jawing, a lot of expressing ourselves <laughs> verbally and physically, but we wouldn't really have a skirmish per se until today. And boy, oh boy, was I. Very, very wrong. Yeah, I think we had three on the first day. And the funniest thing, yeah, the funniest thing about it all was that you and I talked about this. They're all during special teams. Every single one, except except for that first Josh one, right? Yeah, except for the first Josh one. But I think that tells you that the special teams for both of these guys, one, those are dudes that are really fighting to get a job. Literally. But they're going to, exactly, yeah, literally, quite literally. They're going to, you know, special teams have a little bit more of an attitude to it. You know, we've talked about how to be a special teamer, you kind of got to have to be a psycho. Those aren't the guys you really want to mess with. And so that's where things really got going. It got heated, you know. And again, it's all part of the game. There's a lot of egos on both sides. These are big, massive dudes. 
that are running around hitting each other is bound to happen at some point. And it was funny too, where we were we were talking after practice yesterday, where and we were laughing, we're like, of course it was special teams, right? Like I don't know yeah. if I've ever seen a more spirited, excited. I mean, we had guys squaring up after <laughs> punt coverage, right? Yeah, we and, really and look, did. We're having a lot of fun with it, right? And it's entertaining if you're a fan. I mean. It was great to watch. I mean, you could feel the tension, the excitement, guys getting after it on the sideline. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, you don't want anyone to get hurt. This no. is a joint practice in the middle. Well, I guess technically late uh, late August right now. You don't want to see anything bad happen. You just want to really be competitive. You want to compete. And it feels like there's that fine line between making sure that your boys don't get punked, but yeah. also not doing something stupid that you're going to regret for the next four months. Exactly. And there's one thing I do want to make sure we get into this. Like, obviously, we're not going to dive in all the details of who was involved in every single one. This isn't a prize fight. But one thing that cracked me up, and you and I talked about as we were leaving the field, Zay Jones was yes. busting out the karate moves away from the fight, but he was out there throwing kicks and punches and all that stuff. Near no one, it was just as a joking sense. I thought that was hilarious. It was yeah. great. And we've talked about it before. I don't know if there's anyone having more fun yeah. playing football right now than Zay Jones. Mm-hmm. And I think that that moment, as we're walking off the practice field, because let's lift the veil a little bit too, where when after the, I guess, first and only major brouhaha today, yeah. Gruden and Mayock said, get on the bus. We're done. We're going home. Right away. So they essentially said, we're turning this car right around. And we're going <laughs> home. And during that process, let's call it, of getting 90 grown men onto a bus, <laughs> there were a few uh, instances of where it was a little more challenging. Yeah. But we did, that's where we saw Zay standing off on his own, doing karate kicks and doing his, <laughs> his best Chuck Norris impersonation. It was pretty funny. He really did. I was, I was dying. I was like really wishing that somebody would have gotten video of that. You There's, know, so it's got to be out there It's got to be somewhere. If it's you have it and you're listening somewhere. and it has been released yet, get that out because the world needs to see that. Sensei, yes. Sensei Zay. Yes, Sensei Zay. But it, it also just speaks to, I think Zay, and let's just dive in on Zay, right? Yeah. Zay has had, I was telling Beth Mowens earlier today, our, uh, our preseason announcer, shout out to Beth from yes, the sir. program. And, and I was telling her, I was like, Zay has very quietly just been like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come to work every day. I'm going to have three or four incredible plays, and I'm just going to go about my business. I'm going to do it every single day, and the past two days were not an exception to that rule. This dude has had an incredible training camp. He has, and, and Gruden tried to warn us. You know, He did say before he's the best conditioned athlete. We kicked off the pod talking to him with yes. our first interview. So, I mean, it's only fitting, but he has had a heck of a camp. He shows up every single practice. There's one of those plays where you're like, hey, there's that dude Zay again. It pops, and we shouldn't be surprised at this point. And, I, and the other day, I was tweeting about it, and people were, you know, quote tweeting it, saying like, "Man, this guy's actually going to mess around and get himself some more PT." Like, people really need to start paying attention to Zay. We're at practice every day; we see it. Is he going to be the number one receiver? No, but this guy's going to have a, a role in this offense in some sense. And it's interesting to me to kind of think about Zay's journey here, right? Where Zay is now entering year five in the NFL, and I can't, off the top of my head, and feel free to dive in if you have one. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a lot of guys who really where it clicks for them year five. And I'm not saying that it's just clicking for Zay. Zay's had a very productive NFL career. But he looks like a different version of the Zay Jones that we saw last year. Because we saw Zay. He did a lot. He had a really nice camp. But to compare Zay's 2020 camp to what we are seeing right now, I mean, it's almost like two different guys. It is, yeah. And Gruden talked about the fact that like when they traded for him, how quickly he picked up the offense and everything like that. But I think it's a little different once you get so much more time under it, especially in this offense with the verbiage and things that Gruden throws out there. So, I mean, he just seems so much more at peace. You know, he, he talked about when he had his media availability with, with all the media about taking that chance, telling his family, no, I'm, I'm going to buy a house in Vegas. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to really buy into this and stick around on the offseason. And he does just seem to have that comfortability. He's just out there playing with a guy that's got his athletic ability, when he's able to do that, that's when you really start to see him start to ball out and really flow 
And that seems to be what Zay is doing right now. Yeah, a thousand percent. I mean, he's comfortable. He's doing his thing. Uh, and he's, you know, playing a the version of football that, candidly, I think we expected to see when he first got here in Oakland a couple of years ago. And I mean, speaking of wide receivers, I mean, Zay had had a, you know, no shocker here, had another two really nice days. But if you were to pick a guy who really had a fantastic effort here in Los Angeles, Hunter Renfro's got to be your guy. I think Hunter Renfro just about broke the Twitter. He uh, did. The Twitter yesterday. Um, I, I, I tweeted out one of his quotes from the press conference where he said, you know, if I can beat Jalen Ramsey, I can beat anybody in the NFL. I think a lot of people took that out of context. I made sure to throw in the fact that he said also, you know, I had some good good routes. He had some good reps as well. Like, they both had the best of each other. I think a lot of people are kind of maybe <laughs> taking a little too far. Like, that Renfro, Renfro was just tearing him up the whole game or the whole practice. It wasn't necessarily that. But Renfro had some nice stuff against Ramsey. I mean, it was a solid day for him. He kind of, I don't want to say mossed him, but he went up and had a nice contested catch against him in one of them. Got through him in another one in terms of burning him one one time as well. But a lot of times, uh, you know, Ramsey was in, in his zone kind of passing him off and things like that. But Renfro balled out, had himself a nice day. I mean, he was the star of the joint practices yesterday. No question about it. And I did have to laugh a little bit when I saw Jalen Ramsey take to Twitter and be like, yeah. oh, I can't find these clips where Renfro supposedly got me. And I was like, well, Jalen, they're they're out there. You know, yeah. they, they exist. And, and to your point, I mean, look, I tweeted out last night too because the Hunter-Jalen Ramsey battle royale yeah. kind of took Twitter by storm last it did. night. And let's be very clear. Jalen Ramsey is a stud. He's that he is, dude. He is an all-pro cornerback, safety defensive juggernaut. He is that dude. Mm -hmm. And he got got a few times. It and it happens. That's the life of, of a defensive back in the NFL. Yeah. You are going to get got. That's just the way of the world. And give Hunter credit because he got him a few times. That does not diminish who Jalen Ramsey is, what he has accomplished, what he will continue to accomplish in this league. Yeah. He is a stud. Hunter just got him. He did. And I think a lot of people are interpreted it as like that it was this big feud or whatever. Like Hunter was also giving him his respect as well. Yeah, a thousand so like, percent. Very, it was very clear that that's what Hunter was doing. So yeah, it, but it was a solid showing from him. And that's where Derek even noted the fact that, you know, Hunter is that dude that moves as fast north and south as he does east and west. And that's why it makes it so difficult to cover the guy because he also goes about it as if he's he, he's reading the defense kind of from a quarterback's point of view, mm. you know? So you got this receiver out there running around that's got the similar understanding to a quarterback. And that's tough to stop no matter who you are, whether you're Jalen Ramsey or the last dude on the depth charge at corner. Like, Hunter Renfro was a problem for a lot of people, and we saw that kind of come about. And I think, surprisingly, some people do still underestimate him because when you look at him out on the field, you're not expecting him to be able to do what he does. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've talked about this a million times. Like, you go to the grocery store and you see Hunter Renfro. Yeah. You think he's just a dude who's going to go pick up his kids from second grade, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he does not look like an NFL player. You see him take off those pads, and he's built. He's smaller than you and I. Yeah. He's small. He is physically listed on this roster as shorter and smaller than both you and me, yeah. to put that in perspective. But the one thing that he does a lot better than you and I <laughs> is he runs routes like a mastermind. Yes. I mean, he is tough. He is fearless. And he did flash that athleticism. I know we both saw that catch on the sideline we talked about a second ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, give him credit. He went up and he got that. Yeah. He got that ball. He earned that pass. He got Jalen on that one. He did. I mean, Derek Carr, even to that note, Derek Carr said, and I believe that was what he was talking about, is that if he doesn't go up and get it, that's Jalen Ramsey's mm -hmm. ball. So that showing, again, we talked about his stature, showing the physicality to go up and get that. I mean, he, he as he's jumping, he's kind of boxing him out to go and get it. That's not easy to do, especially not against a guy like Jalen Ramsey. 
Yeah, and, and look, you learn a lot about a team, right, over these next couple of days, but these past two days do not tell the story of the 2021 Raiders no. or the 2021 Rams. Was it a lot of fun to talk about? Yes. Yeah. Was it exciting? Absolutely. Did I enjoy the scuffles as much as the next guy? A thousand percent. But the reality is, we're still, what, two and a half, three weeks away from the start of the regular season. Yeah. The Rams are going to be a really good team. I think the Raiders are going to be really good in 2021. It was just a really productive and fun two days, probably excluding that last 10 to 15 minutes that we saw today. Yeah, and one of the biggest things that I took away from this is, like, look, like we all know the Rams are one of the better teams in the NFL in terms of what they've managed to do the last couple of years and the personnel that they have. And the Raiders, look, they won day one of these joint practices. Like, I don't care what anybody says. That's not being biased or anything. They won day one of that, both on offense and defense. Today, I feel like it was probably a little more even, but they rose to the occasion and rose to the level of play from the Rams, and that says a lot about this team in my mind. Yeah, a thousand percent. And look, defensively, still question marks yeah. about your 2020 Raiders. hundred percent. Nothing that we saw over the past two days changes that. Yeah. Now, you feel pretty good about how we equated, how they equated themselves yesterday in particular, right? I mean, with the three picks of Matt Stafford, yeah. uh, who, by the way, I completely forgot, resided in Los Angeles now. I know, it's like, weird. You, we, it feels like years ago that that move came and how kind of quickly we, we kind of just moved past it. But yeah, good to see Stafford out here doing his thing. But even better to see the Raiders take the ball away from him a few times. But all the same... We still have our lingering questions about the defense. We're going to learn a lot more about them this Saturday in the second preseason game. Mm -hmm. But if you're a fan of this team, you have just got to be excited that it feels like we're slowly, methodically taking steps forward defensively. Because candidly, and you and I have talked about this before, it just didn't feel like we had that natural progression defensively a year ago. Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't. And that's the thing is we talked about the depth many times on this. You're starting to see that. A lot of the times, you know, going into this, everyone's asking about one Leatherwood, who was a guy that we got some good looks at. I'm sure we'll talk about him soon. And also Trayvon Merrick. Mm -hmm. He was a guy that we came in and Gruden had talked about. He thinks that he would flash when they put the pads on. He flashed in this one this week in terms of Roman playing center field. He had a great pass breakup today. Inter intercepted uh, Stafford yesterday. He was a guy that a lot of people were talking about. If you've been listening to the different interviews and stuff that everyone's been doing, his name comes up a lot. So he's a guy that has to give you, as a Raiders fan, something to really be excited about to see what he can continue to do. And, I mean, we're what? It's August 19th. I mean, this kid's still got plenty of time to really kind of continue to grow and figure out until we start going and the bullets are flying for real and he's already showing up against some really good competition. You know, I was talking about Trayvon this morning, actually, where it feels like Trayvon... I, th I think collectively... If you're a Raiders fan, right, you are so eager in a good way to anoint him as yeah. the next great savior of this secondary. And I encourage caution a little bit. Nothing because of what he's done, yeah. right? But he's a rookie who was in college nine months ago. Exactly. Right? He was taking Econ 307 <laughs> in the winter, right? But at this point, he has checked every single box. Mm -hmm. Everything that you have wanted to see from him at this juncture, he has done. He has succeeded at. So I think now, like you said, it's a matter of let's see it for real. Let's keep building over these next couple weeks when Monday Night Football hits. And he's not going to be perfect. I don't no. think anyone expects him to be perfect, especially playing defense in 2021 in the NFL. It is damn near impossible to be perfect as a, as a DB. But we have seen that steady progression. We talked about the defense in general, about how we've kind of checking boxes and we're getting a little bit better every day. I mean, he seems like the kind of prototypical example of that improvement on a daily basis. He does. And the things that really struck me when we're talking about him, Darren Waller was talking about him. And the, some things that he used to describe him, he said, He's a very calm presence. He lets his play do the talking, and he's a quiet assassin. That last one really stuck with me. I was like, ooh, that's nice. Quiet assassin. That sounds yeah, nice. That it is does. Nice. And so that, to me, I think it's a great way to describe it because, like, 
think about it. I mean, we again, we're at practice every day. How many times do you hear Trayvon Merrick? Not often. I don't think I have Not once. Not often, yeah. But you see his play. We saw the the play that he had against uh, Hunter Renfro at one time uh, in one-on-ones that Derek Carr was talking about. The fact that, you know, it was safety that could cover. He normally, he said it's, you know, I-25. He says, go run whatever route you want. The kid's not going to be able to cover you. He covered Hunter Renfro. We talked about how Renfro was a problem for a guy like Jalen Ramsey. So that kid has flashed at times against some good competition. So you've got to be excited about what he brings to the table. And he has kind of continued to rise the occasion no matter what it is. And he's continued to get better the more reps that he's gotten, which is also great. You don't see him any any sort of regression or anything like that. The $10 tastemaker from Pizza Hut. Stuck in traffic? Just think of all the delicious meat and veggie combinations. Whoops, got a little distracted there. Large, up to three toppings, just 10 bucks. No one out pizzas the hut. Deal not available in some locations. Exclusions apply. You know, when you were just talking about Trayvon and a, a guy who's quiet but just kind of goes about his business, makes plays, Josh Jacobs the exact same yeah. way, yeah. right? And it just kind of speaks to if you're bringing guys in like that, what Mayock and Gruden really want to build here, mm-hmm. right? And it's it's a business-like mentality, as much of a sports cliche as that is. Like, they want guys like Josh who are going to come in here, are going to not say a ton, you know. I think Josh is low-key, has a, a great personality that people yeah. don't get to see that much. But guys that when they get on the field, it's strictly business, right? We're not going to be yapping. We're not going to be John. We're just going to go out there and score touchdowns, or in the case of Trayvon Merrick, take touchdowns away. And so... If you have building blocks like that, Derek's the same way too. Yeah. I mean, Derek is never going to be mistaken for this run-your-mouth, super-aggressive, extreme-energy kind of guy. But there's nothing wrong with that. No. He'll do it in one-on-ones, I'll tell you that. Okay, fair enough. Fair <laughs> he enough. talks a lot to Ron Miles. I've heard a lot of that. Uh, he's been talking big time. But you won't see that on a normal basis, yeah. you know, outside of that setting. And Josh, we did see, was, was I thought was cool. Maybe you noticed it a bit. Josh was, like, smiling, yeah, laughing. Yeah, man. He seemed like a little kid out there just having fun, you know? That was really cool for me to see. But back to the business-like mentality you said, look at Leatherwood. I mean, that kid might as well be walking out with a lunch pail every single day. I mean, he is coming to work. He seems so serious every time he steps onto the field. And Mayock and Gruden have gone after those guys. And I think that's why you're starting to see the mentality of this team really start to change and do that. You saw it with that first draft class. And that's where things started to move in the right direction, you know. And, and you start to see these guys that are much more mature, much more about that. And that's what I get with this team. Josh said it afterwards. I love this team. He told us that simply that you don't you don't want to mess with this team because they're here, they're dogs, and we're here to get our business done. Just one real quick thing on Josh before we dive back into mm-hmm. Alex Leatherwood is, so we talked about Jalen kind of going high on him, knocking yeah. the helmet off. And once Foster kind of got in the mix and came to Josh's aid, if you watch Josh – he was laughing yeah. and just ran off. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a dude who's having a ton of fun. This is a guy who's coming off back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons, yeah. is poised for another huge season on the ground and hopefully catching some passes out of the backfield. But this is a dude who's just loving life, man. He's running around Los Angeles, catching touchdowns, putting people on skates. Yeah. Like, life is good for Josh Jacobs right now. But you go back to Alex Leatherwood, like we were talking about, and a guy who's come in with such that workman-like mentality. Mm-hmm. you got to give him a ton of credit because – the discussion surrounding him, where he was picked, he has nothing to do with that. He's thrown yeah. into the fire of like, bro, what do you want me to do? Like, I got picked where I got picked. There's nothing. You know, the same kind of went for Klee a couple years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Klee can't control where he got picked. Alex Leatherwood can't control where he got picked. At this point, you just got to say, hey, I'm going to show you yeah. why they drafted me where they drafted me. I'm going to show you that I'm worthy to be the guy coming off the board at that position. And I know we're only a couple weeks into this thing, but I talked to Lincoln Kennedy after the game on Saturday last week. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Link, like, how do we think Leatherwood held up? And he's like, look, 
really well overall. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. Were there things that he's going to improve between now and week one? A thousand percent. But he came in and he held up. And if you are a rookie in the NFL and you look up and Aaron Donald is running (laughs) down right in front of you and you can hold up, that's a W. That's huge. I mean, Derek Carr talked about the fact that he slid the protection one time, you know, to make it so that it was one-on-one with AD and Alex Leatherwood. Probably not a great thing to do in a normal game, sure. but you can do that now. The beauty of the time. joint practices, exactly. right? Exactly, and those are reps that you cannot replicate anywhere else. Derek Carr even said these reps that they're getting, you cannot do that. It's better than the preseason, especially for the starters because they're not going to get those same looks. And so going up against a guy like that, I, I don't remember the specific play, but I also don't remember any time where I was like, wow, you know, Leatherwood got dominated by Donald or anybody on the Rams defense at any point throughout these joint practices. Again, were there mistakes? Yes. But there was nothing glaring. And that's how we always talk about the O-line. Unless you notice them, that probably means they did their job. And and really, when we look at Alex's kind of body, I mean, body of work sounds kind of funny to say after three months as a a (laughs) pro. But if you look at him since he's gotten here, I don't remember any, I mean, maybe one, but none's coming to mind, of instances where he did get worked, right? I mean, that's Raiders defense, Rams defense, uh, Seahawks defense. I mean, he has really held up. And you know he reminds me of? This just came to me. He reminds me of Colton a lot. Yeah. Because Colton is the exact same way. Colton is not a loud talker. He is not a screamer. He is not a yeller. I think his media savvy or whatever we want to call it, his comfort with the media, has grown exponentially Big since time. he was a rookie. Yeah. And he has very quietly turned himself into one of the better left tackles in the NFL. And I think that is, if you're looking at a, a blueprint, if you're looking at a path to follow... That's what Alex Leatherwood is going to do. He's a guy that isn't going to scream, isn't going to yell, but he's going to show up to work. He's going to put his head down. And hopefully you and I are talking in three years about, hey, he just handled the Colton Miller. uh, He was the Colton Miller path. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal 100%. And again, there's no better area to be and to be able to talk to a guy who who did that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so that's great for him. I think for him, you know when they drafted him, run blocking, he's solid on that. Like he is a Gruden grinder in every sense of the word. He's going to put his face in your chest and destroy you. And that's what Lincoln told me on Saturday too, because this is always going to be his strength. From now until the end of his hopefully very, very long NFL career, Mm -hmm. that is always going to be his strength, his run blocking. Yeah, and that's the thing is he's shown that every time they do that. The things that he is working on is his pass blocking. Josh talked about it today. For him, you know, he played at left tackle a handful of times when he was in college and everything like that. It's getting the footwork correct on that. I mean, imagine... You're telling a NASCAR driver it turns left all the time. Hey, you got to turn right. Like it's gonna take some getting used to. So that's what he's kind of going through as well when he's going through his pass block sets and stuff like that. And so that's it's the footwork and also just getting the strength in that footwork to be able to do it. I wasn't an all lineman, but I've been on like punt team and things like that. And you have similar shuffles in your feet and things like that. And when you swap sides, it's tough. So I can only imagine doing that when you have Aaron Donald running after you. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny you bring that up, too, because I remember talking to Donald Penn when he was making that transition from left tackle to right tackle, and he essentially said the same thing. He said, you get so used, and we all know athletes are creatures of habit regardless of what position, what sport you play, and he goes, you get so used to doing it one way, and 15 years later they say, hey, I need you to do it in reverse. Mm -hmm. It takes a minute, right? It It is not something that the human mind can just go, oh, yep, let's just do it that way. Like, it is a challenge, especially for a young guy coming in. Yeah, and for you guys listening at home, I mean, imagine things that you do with your right or your left, whatever your dominant hand is, and then having to switch it. You're out of sorts. You're like, what the heck? And when you're pass blocking, it's not just your feet. It's not just your hands. Like, everything's interconnected. So you're trying to work that other side of your brain to get it to work right, but then also to do it to where, like, you get the same amount of force behind it. Again, with a guy like Aaron Donald or whoever coming off the edge after you. So... It's impressive what he's managed to do already in this short amount of time 
moving over to the right side and doing that. It's It's been anything and everything as advertised of what you hear the good things about him. And look, you know, we talked about the value of those reps Derek was saying about yep. getting that run against Aaron Donald because, frankly, we're probably not going to see a ton of Aaron Donald on Saturday. Mm -hmm. But we are going to see a lot of guys trying to make this roster. We are going to see the Trey Reguses of the world. Yep. Will we see Mariota? Uh, maybe. Who knows? I mean, we have no more Case Cookus. Mr. No. Cookus is no longer with us. So I, I imagine we get a heavy dose of Peterman again. Will we get a flash of Mariota? Eh, possible. But you are going to see a lot of guys a couple nights from now really laying it out there and showing Mayock and Gruden that they deserve a spot on this 53. They do. It's going to be interesting. You know, and the thing, we saw it flash in the first one. You talked about Regus and BJ Emmons. I mean, those guys, let's see what you do again. Can you string them together? You know, they, were, they both had moments throughout these joint practices this week. So that's where you want to see them do that again. You know, I'm curious to see, we saw Zay Jones flash as well mm -hmm. early on. How many reps is he going to get? Gruden talked about, I think he said he wanted to get him like 15 snaps, 20 snaps he was talking about in the first game. I'm curious how many he gets in this one against, you know, a good secondary that's got some good depth. Also, the DBs, there's one guy um, with the Rams, Tutu Atwell. I believe he's from Louisville. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he's from Louisville. He's a speedster. He's a young guy. He'll get some playing time on the Rams. I'm curious to see how some of the guys handle that type of speed because he is a burner. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, you look at, you know, speaking of Regis and Emmons, I mean, can they build on their performance from last week? Both of those dudes over four and a half yards of carry every yeah. time they touch the ball. That's what you want. It was great on Saturday. Can you do it again? Yeah. Alex Leatherwood, how do you hold up? Granted, we're not going to see Aaron Donald most likely, but how do you hold up? And defensively, how do we keep progressing? Mm -hmm. That seems like the theme of, of this defense is it doesn't need to be perfect week one. Yeah. I don't think anyone thinks it's going to be the 85 Bears on week one, but are we getting better day after day, quarter after quarter, game after game? And I'm excited to see the formations that Gus Bradley uses, the combinations of guys that he's using, because we're getting closer to like, okay, we really kind of got to know what we're going to do in X situation. Who is yeah. the personnel when this situation comes up on the field? Like, what do we do? So I, I think that it'll be exciting to see and very interesting. And I, I think we'll learn a lot Saturday night about really where Bradley's head is with a lot of these guys, uh, you know, a little bit lower on that roster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and one guy in particular, he's, I think he's a little higher than most, but uh, Nate Hobbs, you know, yeah. so many people talk about him. And every time you bring him up, uh, Josh was asked about today, and he laughed. And he was like, man, I, I love that dude. Talked about how he's always around him and stuff like that. So he's another guy. Let's see you stack another good one together. You know, Gruden said that he's a guy that could also mess around and lock down a starting role at the, in the nickel there. And that's a big, very important spot. Especially in 2021, man. Yeah. That's a big job. In 2021 and in this defense, too, as a whole. Those scheme that Bradley runs, like, that is a massive one. So he has flashed. He seems like he's about it. He's a student of the game in every sense, everything that I hear about him. So I'm excited to watch him again. We talked about Merrig in the linebacking court. Javen White led the team in tackles yes. with, I believe, six last time around. Can the UNLV kid do it again? You know, that's going to be fun to watch. And then you continue to look at the depth. We said it's Jerry Green, right? Yes. Or, yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious to see Jerry out there again as well. You know, he's a guy that has flashed to me multiple times. So as a depth rusher. And then also three technique, you know. We talk about how three different dudes are rotating through there. Solomon Thomas and Darius Phylon. How are they going to show out again? Yeah, I think it'd be nice to see, speaking of those, those big fellas in the middle, let's see a little bit of Solomon Thomas. Let's yeah. kind of see what we got. And, and the thing is, right, those big fellas in the middle, the Jonathan Hankins, the Solomon Thomases, the Phylons of the world, we don't expect them to be getting after the quarterback and, no. and doing all this kind of stuff, right? But you just want to see them active, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they don't have these sexiest stat lines. I totally get that. But for me, especially in these games where the score doesn't matter, throw out the score, I just look at activity level. Is player X near the ball? 
Javen White, a dude, and you were right, six tackles leads yeah. the league, or not leads the league, leads the team last week. But a guy who was constantly near the ball, where you're going back through your notes and you're like, oh, Javen White, Jay White, mm-hmm. oh, Jay White again, oh, and Jay White in this column. You're so, like, wow. Yeah, he was there. He was active. Let's see that from Solomon. Let's see that from Darius in their admittedly probably limited reps. But let's see what these guys can do. Can we keep building and stacking and getting better? And really now, with two preseason games left, defining roles a little bit more as we get closer to week one and Monday Night Football. Yeah, 100%. And you talk about continuing to stack days and things like that. Another guy that I meant to watch in the first game and I didn't. And I told myself I was going to go back and rewatch the game. And then I got caught up working and didn't get a chance to. But uh, Tyree Gillespie, mm. he's a guy I haven't had a chance to watch a ton, and I'm real curious to see you know how he does. And I'm going to force myself to watch him when he's on the field, it. yeah, because I want to see what the kid can do. Because you know he was hurt for a while, we didn't get a chance to get a good look at him. So I was like, okay, preseason game number one, let's see it. And you know he didn't didn't stand out in a good or bad way to me. So I'm curious to see this time around as well against a team that look the Rams are going to throw the ball, you know, whether it's their starters or not, which is we know it's not going to be their starters. They you know McVeigh has basically made it very clear that Stafford ain't seen the field, so a lot of those ones aren't going to. But they're still going to throw it. They're still going to run their offense. So this is going to be a really good test for the young DBs uh, this week, I think. And look, you know, we're not going to see the Maxes and the Aniques and those guys, yeah. right? I totally get that. But outside of that, I think what's important about this preseason game in particular is this is the first time this team is going to travel together, mm-hmm. right? This is the first time they are going to be able to go through a quote-unquote mock pregame away from Allegiant. And that kind of stuff is not overly sexy, but it is important. What buses are we on? How long before uh, the bus do we want to have breakfast, or I guess in this case, lunch? What is our timing like on a pregame for a road game? You don't want to be figuring that out week two. You want to go into week two. You want to go into that first road game, Pittsburgh, right? Is that what you got week two? You want to be going into that knowing this is what time I eat. This is what time I take my nap. This is what time I start stretching. This is the bus I get on. This is who I sit next to. Mm-hmm. This is how I handle my locker. You don't want to be worrying about that in a month. Handle it tomorrow, or yeah. I guess on Saturday. Yeah, you do. And the other thing, too, that's underrated, like ask anyone that's played ball. A lot of times they'll talk about, yeah, they miss the games and they miss stuff like that, but they miss the camaraderie, mm-hmm. and they'll say really more so on the road than anything else. Yeah. This is a very close team. Like You've been with the organization a long, much longer than I've been covering the team, but I covered the team before. This team does look much closer knit, tighter knit than the previous ones. And being on the road now for this preseason game and the next one against San Francisco, I think is going to be really big as they do close out camp and get ready to dive into regular season mode to continue to to build those bonds and be on the road and do those things together because that's where you really do start to build the the framework of those friendships and kind of the attitude of your team when you're on the road because it's just you guys. You're not going home to your families and things like that. It's you and the team. You guys are getting together. You know, the COVID protocols are a little looser where you can start to hang out with the guys more and do those things and build those relationships. So that's another big aspect that's built this time of year. And let's be honest, too, with the way that training camp was done this year, we weren't in Napa. Because when we were yeah. in Napa, you are together the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. This is really the first time this team has gotten out of Vegas, has been in the quote-unquote other real world, and spent time together. And like you said, you cannot replicate those moments hanging out. And I was talking to one of the guys uh, a week or two ago, and we were kind of just reminiscing about Napa. And I was like, oh, do you miss it at all? And he's like, well, I miss parts of it. He goes, you know, it's obviously much more kind of convenient to be here and to be able to go home and to not have to worry about, oh, who's going to pay my, you know, my electric bill this month because I haven't (laughs) been home for four weeks. But he's like, the one thing I do miss is he goes, after practice, we just, we go home. But when we're in Napa, you play cards, you know, you go, uh, you know, you go on walks together, you do all this different kind of stuff and you're in it. Yeah. 
in Vegas, not so much. It really threw, you know, it's not any a bad thing. It's just the reality of it. So now to get these guys away from everything, even for only four days, five days, whatever it is, and they have a chance to bond and to grow together, I mean, that kind of stuff is invaluable. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, uh, look, I understand there's more players out on the field each time in football than there is basketball and other sports and things like that. But, like, you still need that camaraderie. And this, this is the type of things that do help you when you're out on the field is knowing you can trust the guy, knowing them as an individual, things like that. It's cliche, and it might seem like, oh, whatever, like, just go out and play. But this stuff is massive. That's where you build the core of your team. And this is what comes up big. We've talked about the Raiders needing to finish. These relationships is what carries you through tough times at the end of the year, carries you through those times when you really got to, like, lock in and get ready to go. Helps these guys to figure out, what makes everybody tick on the team and how to get them going or, you know, how to continue to help them improve and stuff like that. So you learn so much more about them. And these are the things that will pay dividends at those crunch time type of moments later on down the road. Absolutely. You know, and everyone's going to get punched in the mouth at some point during yep. the season. And you need to be able to look to your left and to be able to look to your right and be like, hey, I trust you. I trust you, too. Let's figure out how we're going to do this. Let's have a lot of fun in the process. But I need to be able to know I can count on you. And these, you know, these stretches of days are where you kind of build that. So. Well, what day is it? Today's Thursday. Game's on Saturday. Yeah. Saturday night, 7 o'clock. It's going to be exciting. Have beautiful SoFi Stadium. I'm jealous you're going to get a chance to see the stadium. I'm going home. I'm back in the studio in Vegas. Uh, I guess technically starting tomorrow. We're out of here tomorrow yeah. night. But, man, it's going to be a beautiful evening. Enjoy the time, Jesse. Take some pictures. Send them over to me. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, next right? Next week. Let's so, get it. Gosh, I know. We're still just trucking along. The <laughs> endless training camp. Yes. We keep trucking along, but it's been a lot of fun. So, for Eddie Pascal, Jesse Merrick, my man Ray on the ones and twos, and I got to apologize to Ray. Me and Jesse put him through the ring today in terms of the <laughs> editing process. So Ray's going to have a ve- Ray had a very busy afternoon he today, did. but we appreciate his effort. Uh, Alexandra back at the home studio, making sure everything is, is rocking. And for everyone else at Silver and Black Productions who helps get this little show from A to Z, thank you, thank you, thank you. Saturday, 7 o'clock, Jesse will be on site. I'm back in the studio. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch up with you guys next week for another episode. Stop if you heard this before. Another episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast presented by Pizza Hut. To stay up to date on all the latest with the silver and black, download our mobile app and subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network.